0: good morning good afternoon good night today i have axel molina that's me very good wrestler very good person somebody that i know very well okay we're going to start off with you telling your story of how you got into wrestling
1: okay so um just a little background i'm the youngest of six kids i'm a child of immigrants my parents are from Guatemala. And so um, being the youngest of six kids, uh, if you don't know, like you're always getting beat up, you know, and like it's always like a fight to get to the shower first after like the lake day or like to get the last little cake or donut in the fridge. And then if you do get the last one, then you're going to get beat up because you got the last one. <laughs> um, and so, um, so growing up, that was just um, our lifestyle. And then um, my, my oldest brother, Oscar, uh, he's the one that got my family into wrestling. And um, from the, the moving forward, I literally didn't ever want to wrestle. Um, I always went to wrestling tournaments and meets growing up, but I didn't start wrestling until I was a sophomore in high school.
0: Okay. And what got you started? Like, what, mm-hmm. well, I should say, what kept you going
1: mm-hmm. when you
0: started? Because sure, it was hard, right?
1: yeah so um what got me started was i was just i was literally just a nerd before i started wrestling i didn't do like any sports i would go home and i would just do my homework and getting good grades was what i did you know
0: and what age was that
1: uh i was 15 when i started wrestling so you started
0: at 15, you had no experience in sports. Yeah. And so you weren't great when you started.
1: No, I was like a little little skinny girl.
0: <laughs> I got a clip for y'all that I'll put into this thing. It's a clip of her just like smacking this girl's face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, but what I did have at the time was I had a lot of aggression, you know? Um, I wasn't athletic, but ooh, I like to fight. Like I had to stand up for myself growing up. And then um, answering your question about what kept me going was... Um, It wasn't easy just being a high school wrestler as a female in my household. My dad was completely against it. My just patriarchal culture, um, women don't do that, women clean and cook, and my dad literally just wanted me to quit wrestling and he did anything he could to just get me to stop wrestling. Like He didn't support me. He said if I wanted to wrestle, I was going to have to figure it out. So what that meant was like I needed to find my own rights to practice. And so sometimes that meant like me taking a running a mile and then taking two buses, then get to practice and then doing it on the way back again. And so like that whole process took up to like maybe six hours of of my day. Or um, sometimes I would have if I didn't have bus money because I was a little 15 year old and I was broke. (laughs) um, I would have to run to practice. And so that was like depending on the location, it was either three or five miles that day. So I would do that, then go to practice, and then do it back again. And then, or the other option was um, I only had one place to do my workouts, you know? And so in wrestling, you have to do cardio strength than actual wrestling practice. So I would run to, to, to the gym or my practice, then I would lift weights, and then, because running that mile wasn't really my workout. It was just kind of like, I'm just getting there. So then I would do right. more cardio, then do wrestling practice, and then go home.
0: And did you think that was normal when you were doing that?
1: Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. I was just kind of like, well, I just got to, like, get doing what I got to do. I mean, not going to lie. When I was in um, wrestling practice, I'd be like, damn, y'all get rights to practice? That's so (laughs) dope. (laughs) I'd be like, yo, that's so cool. I was like, man, I can't wait to give my kids rights to practice.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you had, like, no support system, which is why you had to find your way there. Mm -hmm. Um... So somebody else that uh, doesn't have a support system, what do you what do you tell them about mm-hmm. sports? Like how how do you encourage them to to do what you did? Cause that's mm-hmm. like that's rough.
1: Well, that's the thing. I was 15 at the time, and that was my normal. So I didn't see that as rough. That was just my life. Um, so I, as a 15 year old, I I wouldn't be able to tell anyone anything because to me, I would just be like. That's just my everyday life, you know? Mm -hmm. But if I were competing, like, say, I'm starting jiu-jitsu right now. Um, If I was competing in jiu-jitsu and I had to do all that to get to practice, I wouldn't do it. (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) me real. I I just started jiu-jitsu. I don't love it that much. But ultimately, if I was in a situation and I had to do that for wrestling, I would say that you got to love yourself enough to do the things that scare you and to do the things that you love. Because ultimately, that's what's going to give you a purposeful and meaningful life. Mm. And doing the hard stuff.
0: I like that. Mm -hmm. So, kind of skipping past that. um, I just thought about your you saying a a purposeful life and a meaningful Mm -hmm. life. What is your why? What keeps you going now?
1: Yeah, so my why is I had a pretty rough life growing up. But just a lot of trauma. I was um, physically... I don't, it's hard for me to say I was abused because I don't think it was abuse, (laughs) but it it definitely was. um, I just got beat up a lot by my siblings, you know, and then like getting spanked. But I thought it was like normal spankings. But when I talked to Jalen, who had a more normal life than me, he says it was definitely abuse. Um, So physical abuse, definitely verbal abuse. And then one I don't talk about as much, but sexual abuse as well. And so just growing up, there was just so much trauma and figuring out my life and battling different mental health illnesses um, that I didn't even know about. And so um, moving forward, like when I was 15, I had a, a really low point in my life where I was just over everything. Like I hated being alive. I hated waking up. I literally wanted to sleep all day. I would look in the mirror and I just hated myself and i just would literally cry the second i looked in the mirror because i just i was like i'm so ugly i hate myself so much and um i tried to kill myself that day and i was just like i just went i remember going in the drawer no one else was home and i just took like a whole bunch of pills and i was just waiting to die like sitting there. i was like okay when is this gonna happen now
0: mm-hmm.
1: um obviously it didn't happen thankfully but i think about that girl in that moment and i'm just like i'm doing it for her because she's been through a lot and she deserves to have a meaningful life where she loves herself and she deserves to accomplish a lot of things in life
0: that's good i'm proud of you thank you but also Mm -hmm. what do you tell somebody that's going through that right now what do Mm -hmm. you say to them
1: You know, there's truly nothing that is going to make that person feel better in life because if you are in a position like that, your life is probably feels like it's crumbling and falling apart. And um, the only thing I could really tell someone is um, live in the moment and um, really take one day at a time because every day is like a, a battle. It feels like a war. It just feels like existing bringing yourself to get up is just the largest task at hand and honestly just like being in the moment and reach out to help because ultimately um I don't talk to this friend anymore but I had a friend in high school um she she really helped me get through it you know and she was the only person I talked to at the time and even though we're not like friends anymore she'll always be a an important person in my life
0: that's good okay so you say reaching out because i know you we're gonna go into something that you reached out about your anxiety so we mm-hmm. want to talk about that uh, you did that as an adult yeah um let's talk about um first of all how you figured out you had anxiety mm-hmm. and um the process of you reaching out to someone yeah. and how much better your life is now that you've addressed it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so first off i want to talk a little bit about what is anxiety and um what it's not and like and what actually happens in those moments so growing up i mentioned i had a very traumatic um household you know so being um my dad who he was he was like spank us and so growing up i was scared of him so i was constantly on edge right I didn't know, my body didn't know um, when I needed to be on to fight for my life essentially. And so um, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a mental health therapist, I just know certain stuff just by my own experiences and a little bit of my education. Um, So there's something called flight or fight mode, right? Mm. Essentially, there's a danger that comes into your life, whether it's a man stabbing you or stab, yeah, actually stabbing you or chasing you with a knife. Or it could be like stress at work, you know, um, or with COVID and stuff. Chronic stress, your body doesn't know the difference between those two, right? Mm -hmm. Your body just knows like, holy crap, I either have to fight this, go head on, or I either got to run away because this is like too much for my body to handle at this time. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit what fight or flight means. So if you're going to choose to fight it in that moment, your body has to adapt in a physiological response, right? So what does that mean? Your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, your, um, your blood vessels are gonna dilate because you're, it needs to transport more blood to your organs so you can actually fight this off, correct? Mm-hmm. And so, in my case, being a child that, where I didn't know when I was gonna have to fight with my siblings or my dad, um, I didn't know when I was just gonna get smacked upside the head, my body had to adapt to that situation Mm -hmm. and so being in that state where my body had to consistently be on rather than just relaxed gave me anxiety so anxiety is going to be like where you're constantly like on edge Um, you kind of um, some things can sometimes um, you can overthink it in the moment. Or like you kind of get warped up off of one thing and it can upset you. Just kind of keep going. It's not, a lot of times people think that it's like nervousness or like you're crazy. It's not that. It's um, it's actually a physiological response and mental um, thing. That's a lot of stuff that's happening to the body. So that's what I believe developed my anxiety growing up. um, Because I had to adapt to my lifestyle. Which it makes complete sense going um, forward with my life. And then
0: So how did you realize mm-hmm. as an adult that you had it?
1: Yeah, so um, COVID happened, um, obviously. And then it was the summer of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I was working at the gym before. And I had stopped working at the gym because gyms got shut down. So I was just feeling like super like down. Like I felt like I didn't have like a purpose in life because I wasn't working. I was just waking up like at 10 or 11 kind of when I wanted because I didn't have anything to do um and so um that's kind of like the background with it and then um then I decided to get a dog um Jalen was against it at first but um and then I kind of and then he's I like having the dog helped me um realize that oh wow like this soothes me you know like petting him makes me feel good and I was like oh this is kind of cool you know like ooh. (laughs) I was like or like Having the dog like in the morning, um, I used to not want to get out of bed, you know, and um, having the dog, I was like, oh, well, I have to take him out to go to the bathroom. So it forced me to get out of bed, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the other one was um, sometimes I would like get down about like not having a job or um, not being just being locked in with COVID. And then I would start to like feel really bad about myself. And then um the dog would come and start wagging his tail and I'd be like, "Oh, ah, you're so cute." And then it was just so that's kind of like um a little context of what I was going through at that time. And then moving forward, um I got a job in healthcare and I'm a health educator now. I talk to a lot of patients and then um they were starting and I talk like very personal like how we're talking now and they would tell me stories about how like their anxiety um doesn't allow them to do certain stuff and then they would say stuff that resonated with me and I'd be like oh I do that too but obviously I didn't tell the patients that but in Mm -hmm. my head I'd be like do I have anxiety what is that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then um, give
0: examples of some of that stuff maybe somebody does it and they don't know
1: yeah so, so they would they said they would be at home and then like someone in their house would just be like ticking a pen and I know it's annoying or like just like hitting a pen or something um, and you're like, yo, bro, can you stop? But anxiety is just like, <laughs> like I want to like <laughs> strangle you. Like, I'm really, you're pissing me off and I'm literally about to strangle you. Like, it's yeah. not just like, bro, can you stop? It's like, it's overwhelming. Like, it just kind of overtakes you, how you feel in the moment, you know? But, and it, it feels like you're like, because in my mind, I was like, I would like self-talk to myself. Like, it's something I learned in sports psychology where you're like, you can talk yourself through a moment. And, I, and it worked so perfectly in when I was competing, um, but I was like, why can't I self-talk myself through this, you mm-hmm. know? And so it just kind of shows that anxiety is something that is like a physiological mental response that you can't just solve and like, you know, yeah. fix right away. So that was one thing. Another thing is just like, I would talk to some people about cleaning. Cleaning is a big one and like just putting away certain stuff. And like one thing, an example I could use about Jalen's and that relationship is like, um, they would talk about how their husband wouldn't like clean right or something. And then it reminded me one time I like, Jalen was putting away the dishes and, <laughs> and I got mad at him because he like put the two bowls next to each other rather than just stacking it on top. And it sounds really funny, but in the moment I was just like, why are you doing that? That's not how we do things here. And was like, did we have a description or did we have a rule set about this? I was just like, no, but you should have known. Yep. And it was just... So little stuff like that kept adding up. And I was just like, holy crap. I was like, maybe I do have this anxiety thing. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was uh, we were watching... Jalen and I were watching a show and um, one day at a time. And the main character on the show was dealing with anxiety and... Um, And she was starting to take medications for it. And I just remember, I was just like... I'm feeling everything she feels when she's like at work or in her relationship. And ultimately, that's what kind of helped me realize what was going on.
0: Yeah. Um, So I want to say two things. One, Mm -hmm. clearly, this is not something that you can mentally just say like, Oh, I'm just a little anxious. I'll get over it. She's obviously the type of person... That knows how to work through her problems. She made it to the Olympic trials and wrestling, which I don't even think we talked about yet. Oh, we
1: did Yeah, huh? <laughs> she made it to the
0: Olympic trials and wrestling. That's huge. So she's not someone that just mm-hmm. gives up on um, a little bit of struggle. And obviously she talked about where she came from. But also, something that you didn't say was how you are constantly worried that the oven is still on. Oh, I yeah. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a huge one because everyone has mm-hmm. little thoughts like that. Sometimes I wonder if I left the oven on, but I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not driving back home. But you would Mm -hmm. drive back home and be late for work or something
1: yeah so the oven that's like a huge one and the the wild thing about that was that this has been going on like most of my life and i didn't think it was an issue because it was just like again my normal you know um so basically what would happen is i would go about my day get ready la di da and then i go about my routine check the dogs okay okay and then i look at the oven and i'd be like okay it sets off then I would walk out, lock the door, and then right when I'm locking the door, I'm like, hmm, did I check if the oven was on? And I'd be like, I did. I literally remember looking at it. And then I would go back in. I'd be like, okay, let's just double check. And I would look at the oven. It says off. And I'd be like, okay, I look at the little light next to it. And then I'd be like, okay, it's off. Now, I'll, let's go to work now, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would lock the door and I'd be like, oof, what if it moved while I like made these like five steps? and then so i'd be like okay let's just check again so i would go back in i'd be like it's still freaking off why did i come back in and then basically this would happen like for 20 minutes you know and then finally i'd be like i just gotta go to work because i'm gonna be late i am late actually looking at the time and then so that was just like part of my routine and i actually like included more time Like I would wake up early because I knew this was going to happen in my part of my get ready or like and it got to the point where like um, I started taking pictures of the oven. So I would like so when I would like lock the door, I'd be like, okay, it's off because I'm looking at it right now, you know, but then I would be driving and I'd be like, I got to go back and drive back and I'd be like 20 minutes away from the house and I would still drive back and um and then finally it got to the point where I literally just stopped cooking in the morning because I was just like this is just too stressful and even still I would check back and look at the oven and so it was just like there was literally nothing I could do at that point I was just like this is so miserable I literally like and I would just and every time I would like walk away I'd be like the whole apartment's gonna go into fumes like and it's gonna be all my fault and I'm gonna like ruin everyone's lives because this whole building is on fire so
0: Yeah. I mean even that line of thinking isn't isn't um isn't good. Yeah. Right so, exactly. Like I said, I thought about something like that before, but I'm just like, mm, you're not home, so if it burns down then whatever. Yeah. That's probably not normal either. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anxiety though. So <laughs> Okay, so we didn't touch on you um going to the Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. So and not only did you start late, mm-hmm. but you were also dealing with depression and anxiety and you still managed to make it to the level that you made it. What yeah. do you attribute that to? Do you think mm-hmm. um, do you think that you're genetically gifted? Mm-hmm. Do you think that you're a super hard worker? Yeah. Do you think it was a combination of genetics, hard work, support system that you may have gotten later? Because I know you had some good coaches in college. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah so... Um, So I I was wrestling, I was overcoming a lot of these things at home, something I didn't mention was that um, a lot of the times my dad, because he realized that I wasn't going to get stopped, like just because he couldn't give me rides anywhere, and he wouldn't show up to any of my meets or tournaments, he started like attacking like my self image, you know, he'd be like, you're ugly, a man's never going to want to marry you or date you because you have muscles or um just stuff like that you know and as a teenage girl you're already dealing with like god i'm ugly like self-image and body disorders um eating disorders and so i was going through a lot of that you know but um ultimately what kept me going was um i attribute it a lot to my brother levi my brother levi um i just saw him work out every day so that was like my standard that i saw of anyone training you know Mm. so he would train like three times a day and and i just saw him so i was like okay if well if i were ever to do a sport i would do it like that so having that example number one was kind of showed me like the standard of what you got to do to achieve your goals um the second thing is just literally like it was just hard work like showing up every day and just putting in work and like Just continuing to do the hard stuff, you know? And once I got to college, like, as a high school athlete, I wasn't really developed. I was only doing it for, like, two, three years, you know? And I only did it for two, three months of high school. I didn't have, like, so much of an off-season or competitions. And so, um, once I got to college, I um, had a really good coach, Takara. Um, She was an Olympian also. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, she did a... Takara
0: Montgomery, right? Yeah, Takara Montgomery. Takara Montgomery. You can look her up. Mara on.
1: Yeah, she was um on the inaugural uh first women's Olympic team in the United States. So that was a huge deal for history. And uh she made me really tough, you know? She like didn't baby me. Like I used to I remember wanting to just cry at practice and she'd be like, Don't you dare cry or I'd be like <laughs> 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 Or like I remember just getting like I would my freshman year I was so bad that um I just remember like walking into practice and I'm like then I get my ass kicked for two hours straight. Woo. <laughs> yeah. I, but I was in the room with a whole bunch of like all Americans and some national champions. Like we were ranked third in the country at the time, our team was. And so I just remember eating the mat every day for two years and just showing up every day, knowing that that was kind of like my fate.
0: And that was in that was in college. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wanna talk about that timeline because yeah. um People start late, or they start whenever, and they think that they're, they're gonna be good like in the first mm-hmm. year or two. Like I work hard every single day. Why am I not here yet? So you started at 15. Yeah. And was that freshman year or sophomore year? Sophomore year. So you started sophomore year. Did you ever get any kind of good that year?
1: I actually did. So um, I was. Good? I um, I made it to state my first year, and so that was that was pretty good. Obviously, like it wasn't I wasn't a state champion that year, but. A lot of people don't usually make it to state their first year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, like, winning. I had a winning record. But ultimately, I I still put in a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was there, like, I would go in the morning. I would um, practice at night, after practice. And so...
0: And junior year, you make it to state again?
1: Yeah, I made it to state. And then I um, placed at state. And so I was, like, moving upward and upward. Um, And then
0: senior year, you make it to state and went second, right?
1: no no no? <laughs> no um i that was the year i uh, dislocated my elbow and um and so it was like i literally only had like a two weeks of mat time that year so like, it was
0: your t- junior year you got second
1: no i never got You a second.
0: second no <laughs> what i thought you did no
1: my highest was sixth place in high school
0: oh that's even better so you so, were never, that's what I'm like, saying, yeah, you never, like, never, state champ, no. never, okay, I good. literally
1: didn't have anything like that, like, I mean, I lost in overtime in the semifinals um, against a girl that I frequently beat, like, in the past. Oh,
0: that's the event I'm thinking of, I just thought that was one or two,
1: Yeah, one. no, no, like, I, I would have liked to think I was a f- state finalist. Okay, that's
0: <laughs> even better, so you never took a higher than sixth place at state. Yeah. And then you go to college. Mm-hmm. Are you, you? You say you're not any kind of good for like two years? Right? No, three years. Three I years. had a
1: losing record my freshman, sophomore, junior year. You had
0: a losing record for three years in a row, uh-huh. and you barely made the Olympic trials, right? Yes. But you still made it. And yeah, then, that was
1: my senior year that okay. I did that. Mm-hmm. But that's
0: what I'm saying. That's what seven years of work.
1: <sighs> yeah, seven years of work, and then ultimately, yeah, my senior year was when finally I started placing at tournaments bringing home medals and i was like "Whoa, look at this little plaque yeah and then i all-americaned uh twice that year and then i qualified for the olympic trial so it was almost like all these years was added up for like my senior year for
0: the overnight success right mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's what i'm saying that's everyone's problem is it's like you have like four five six years of not doing great and you're like this isn't for me but yeah. you don't even know like right around the corner you could mm-hmm. be going to the olympic trials like yeah. i'm sure there was times you thought about quitting
1: oh yeah i definitely um i wanted to quit like my freshman year for sure because i was just like why would anyone put themselves through this misery every day for two hours a day <laughs> <laughs> like it was no, I'm telling you, like, and I, and I kid you not, there's um, times where, um, and I use this example of a story when I coach my athletes too, um, because we'll sometimes go through hard drills where you just literally want to cry because it just breaks you. You're like, we do a drill, it's called a loser stays in. And um, it's basically you do takedowns, and the loser stays in. And it comes to a point where there it comes to someone who's maybe not as matched as, as someone else in skill level. So they're in for like five minutes straight with these people who just come in fresh, you know, Mm -hmm. and so ultimately it just breaks you because you're just like, what, why am I here? Like, this is crap. And it just makes you feel worse about yourself and you kind of get in your own head. Anyway, we were doing that drill one time at practice and I was a junior at this time. And I remember I was with two other people who were better than me in skill level. They were like all Americans. One took like second at nationals and the other one took like fifth at nationals. And um, I was in with them and I just, it got to the point where I was in for like five minutes and them being good partners, they didn't let up for one second. Mm -hmm. They were just like going and it caught to the point where I was really close to getting a takedown, getting this hit, so we're like going back and forth, going back and forth, fighting for this takedown and ultimately the other girl got it and then i was just like fuck this shit and i threw like my shoes across the mat room and i just ran out the mat room and then i remember i was like where am i going to go where they can't find me <laughs> and so i ran under i ran into the gym gymnasium and i ran under the bleachers and you know how you can like see like the little cracks in between so i was like this is where i'm staying and no one's going to find me And then I remember my, like, my coach sent the assistant coach out to look for me. She was like, AXA! And I was just like, no, I'm staying here silently (laughs) until I know for a fact everyone's gone. (laughs) And so, so yeah, I I had a lot of those moments. And like, my athletes, they'll be like, you really did that? Like, it it sounds wild to look back on. I'm just like, damn, I was childish for that. But, but it just breaks you, you know?
0: That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) that's super funny
1: (laughs) you gotta go through those moments sometimes and
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so maybe what did what did those kind of moments in wrestling teach you in life how do you use those Mm -hmm. moments in your real life
1: yeah um sometimes like just like my partners in that moment never let up I feel like a lot of my life has been like it never let up you know I think that most of my life I was living in survival mode like just constant bad things happening back to back to back and when I say bad things I'm not like my boyfriend broke up with me it's like like and these are real stories like the SWAT team raiding my parents house and like blowing up their door and like shooting through the window it's like um my family members sending each other to the hospital because they beat them up physically that much it's like I was working for a coach who had like um Sexual um um harassment or no harassment um some sort of Title Nine accusation against him so I had to like completely leave my job at the time because I was like I can't be associated with that right now when I'm just starting my career um it's a lot and all that stuff was just happening back to back or like my brother getting deported back to back to back and him ODing on uh, heroin and it's like all these things were happening like within two weeks at a time, this was 2018, I can easily say that was like, been the worst year of my life so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just like my partners never let up, I felt like my life was like that most of my life. And I just like, you just gotta get up, you know? And even if it's running out of the gym, cussing everyone out (laughs) and running away, like if you you gotta get away for a moment, like just pack your bags and disappear for a day, like do it. But ultimately, it's just like, you gotta figure out a way out. And um, this kind of reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. It's like, when I run into a wall, I'm gonna build a door, you know? Like, no matter what the obstacle is, I'm gonna figure it out. And ultimately, if there's a characteristic trait, I believe it's one of my strengths is uh, finding solutions, you know, mm-hmm. I've had just so many problems just come my way where I was just like, okay, how am I going to figure this one out, you know, mm-hmm. or even like, as a, as a high school kid, um, not being able to have rights to practice, I was like, okay, well, i will just do this, you know. And I didn't, I didn't even realize that was something wild until I started dating you like two or three years ago, you know, you're like, whoa, you used to t- like take the bus to practice. I was like, yeah, what else was I gonna do? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and you're like, you could have just not gone to practice. And I was like, oh, that was never an option, you know. <laughs> and so um, just with that stuff, I was like, I think that it's made me very solution focused and kind of developed my personality to be very like positive and like bubbly and um, always wanting to like, spread good energy
0: yeah I feel like out of everyone I talk to
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's been like the common thing like finding solutions because yeah. obviously we all face obstacles and if you if you don't have that mindset like I can find a solution then at some point you will give up because the shit gets hard right yeah so that's good um final question and then we can talk about anything if you want or we can end it mm-hmm. what is the legacy that you want to leave how do you want people to remember mm-hmm. you
1: yeah, um I think that a big theme in my life was loving myself and just fighting for myself to just really love who I am. And that goes back to when I was like 15 and I tried to uh kill myself and that didn't work out and um or even if it comes to um wrestling and wanting to quit, loving myself enough to like want to chase my dreams and my goals and not giving up on my goals. Or even like now at work where we're dealing with like COVID and healthcare and asserting myself and standing up for myself um, to have days off and to work my hours, not going outside of it and taking my lunches because I need to mentally prepare. We live in a world that like just loves to where they're overworking and they're burnout and working 60, 70 hours a week. Um, As their badge of honor, you know Or like they like to leave their families hanging and their friends hanging because they're like, yeah, this is cool And to me, that's not cool because I get burnt out I feel sick. I'm not a nice person to be around. I'm not fun to be around Um, and so just ultimately doing whatever it takes to love myself and making those hard choices um to love myself every day and living a life where I'm gonna be proud of because I made the choices in the moment to love myself even when it was hard. So that's the legacy I would like to leave behind. revenue revolutionary self love.
0: I like that. And I just wanna say take your pay time off. Your job doesn't give a fuck about you. That that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact.
1: <laughs> They'll replace you in <laughs> so
0: Alright, got anything else you wanna say?
1: Yeah, so um we didn't finish the anxiety one. So ultimately, um My mental health isn't something I talked about a lot of my life because I didn't realize it was a thing. Um, And so, how I addressed it was I um, made a doctor's appointment for my anxiety. And I remember just being pissed about having to make that appointment, you know? And you can attest to that. And I remember the day before, I was just crying. I was like, bawling in tears. I was like, I have anxiety. (laughs) I was literally like, that's how I felt. And I was just pissed, you know? Because I was like, um, I was like, this is fucking stupid. And, um, but ultimately, I went to the appointment, and I remember coaching myself. I was like, I'm not going to cry at this appointment. I'm <laughs> not going to cry. I was like, hmm. And then she's like, the doctor asked me. She's just like, so what brings you in today? And I was like, I think I have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and so. I was like, that was stupid. And I was like, in the whole time in the car and stuff, I was like prepping what I was going to say to the doctor because I was like, I got this, you know. I was like, I'm not going to cry. Yeah, that was stupid. (laughs) Um, So we talked a little bit about what anxiety is, and I took like a test to see like um, what anxiety was, and I like maxed out. Like there was 21 questions, and I scaled like 21 out of 21. So Mm. I excelled in anxiety. (laughs) And superb. And I
0: don't even know what to say to that.
1: <laughs> so, um, and then she's like, Yeah, so we have diagnosed you with severe anxiety. And I was like, Oh, that's that. That makes actually a part of it. I was like, A little relieving too, though, because I was just like, It's not all in my head. Like, there's actually a reason I feel this way. So I was kind of like, Ooh, yeah. okay. So it was a little relief, but also at the same time, I was like, Damn, I'm fucked up. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um. But she, um, she explained to me a little bit what anxiety was, and then she recommended taking medications for it, and I was just like, "Ah, no, you know, and then I was just like, okay, well, I was like, but seeing on that show, the girl took medication, so I was like, okay, let me just at least try it, and then worst case scenario, I can always, like, stop taking it, you know, like, I can try it, see how it goes, and then, um, if I didn't like it, I was like, I can just stop, so, so then she told me a little bit about what it was, because I was just like, well, how does it work, you know? And essentially it's just like, um, happy hormones, you know, um, serotonin, it's in your brain, makes you feel good, makes you happy. And, um, essentially when I look back at my life, um, just being in a constant state of adrenaline and fight or flight that happy hormone making, um, it was suppressed because I had to be in this on zone so much that my body wasn't able to, um, Um, actually make those happy hormones which made me feel anxious Mm -hmm. and then looking back on it even more now um, I literally tried doing I because I'm so solution focused I like to I went to therapy I like worked out I'm an athlete all the things people say you need to do before you do take medications I was trying to listen to that Um, like I eat healthy I have a really good support network system I have awesome friends um, relationship I just was I have a purpose in life like a good job And ultimately, I just still wasn't happy, or I wasn't feeling not anxious, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let me try these medications. And then within, like, four days, I, like...
0: It was fast.
1: Yeah, it was really fast. Like, I just felt like I would wake up in the morning, and I'd be, like, in my mind, I'd be like, oh, it's quiet in here. (laughs) Like, Like, usually, like, my first morning, like, thought would be, like... Damn, I wonder if my brother is like gonna die today. Yeah. Like, and I'm not joking, cause I'm just like my brother. Um, he's had like a hard life, and so I always just think about him like dying sometimes, you know. Or I'd be like, I would wake up in the morning, I'd be like, gotta help my parents with their money and their situation. Or I'd be like, and that's like the first thought of the day, you know? He's like, just really harsh, and it just feels like a computer has like a thousand tabs open, and you have to address them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was like me waking up in the morning. But when I started taking my medications, I would wake up and it'd be like silent i'd be like oh Mm -hmm. like well this is kind of cool okay (laughs) or i'd be like oh is this what normal feels like and then when i truly noticed it worked was when i went about my normal routine and i just walked out of the house and i was just walking i was like wait i didn't check for the oven i was like the oven's not on (laughs) and i was like i didn't even have to go back and i was just like whoa and then every morning like now when i leave the house i'm just like I'm not jacking the oven and then ultimately too it's improved our relationship because I wouldn't get mad about the bulls not being placed in the right spot (laughs) or stuff like that or like sometimes I'd be in bed and I'd just be like I bet Jalen's talking to another girl and <laughs> it was just like something wild like that you know mm-hmm. but even though there was like just co- it was completely irrational you've never done anything in that matter to make me feel that way mm-hmm. um, or the other one was um, sometimes I'd just be like I wonder if Jalen's just gonna start beating the shit out of me in bed you know and i have
0: telling I've never then, heard that Oh, um, well, like,
1: but it was because I've been so, through so much abuse that I was just like, I don't know when someone's gonna beat the crap out of me right now. Mm-hmm. So I would always be like, okay, the door's right there and I can make it out. Mm-hmm. But then now that I have my medications, I'm like, oh, I can cuddle with Jalen and just be so. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Um, so, when it comes to anxiety, like, there is a huge stigma when it comes to medications. Um, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean, um, something's wrong with you. Uh, ultimately it just means like your happy hormones have been suppressed because of, for some reason, you know, and for me, again, I attribute it to my lifestyle growing up. Um, but, um, talk to your, um, providers, whoever that is and help them, um, let them help you because that's what they're there to do.
0: Yeah. I think another, um, well, I can't think of the word misconception about medication is that it'll like turn you into a zombie and mm-hmm. clearly that's not the case she has way more energy than I do so mm-hmm. I think that's good for people to see that mm-hmm. you're on medication you still have a bubbly personality mm-hmm. and you're the same person without the anxiety
1: yeah yeah definitely it's it's helped a lot and um and honestly this is the first time in my life I actually feel like I'm not in survival mode anymore, and I'm actually thriving in life. Like, I'm actually happy, content, and I can actually let my guard down for the first time, not waiting for the next bad thing to happen in my life. I'm actually, like, looking forward to, like, well, like, I've I've made it, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: So. Okay. Anything else you want to say?
1: Um... I think that's all for today. All right,
0: look in the camera and say, you guys need to go fucking work out today.
1: If your body allows for you to work out, you should work out because it produces endorphins and happy things for you. But if you need a rest today, take a rest day.
0: (laughs) Anyways, you guys have a good day. Thank you for watching.
1: Bye.